And now, cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in Tampa Bay. He's a successful entrepreneur, published author, top listing agent, a real estate and finance expert that goes to bat for you every day as a consumer advocate. Your host and the consumer quarterback, Brandon Rhymes. That's right. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show with Brandon Rhymes. Brandon is out today. My name is James DeJerome. I'm a producer here on the Consumer Quarterback Show. Been with Brandon about four years. Of course, the Consumer Quarterback Show has been around nine years. We're coming up on a decade of consumer advocacy for folks in the Bay Area. What we do is round up great experts and professionals from the Bay Area. They take time out of their busy day, come in, provide some information, some knowledge to help your dollar go farther in the marketplace. So a great show, great concept. I've got... Anthony Rickman from the Rickman Law Firm in the house today. We're going to speak with him. We've got Carla Armstrong, the Director of Philanthropy from Gulfside Healthcare Services as well, in addition to our feel-good story and, of course, our sponsors like the Bill Maher Beach Resort, the official hotel sponsor of the Consumer Quarterback Show. You've heard Clyde on the show. He's the GM. He always encourages everybody to get in touch and book directly with Clyde at the Bill Maher Beach Resort. It's a unique hotel, not a franchise. Unique uh, design in terms of 80% of their rooms face the Gulf of Mexico. Big, wide beach. He calls it a two-beer beach. That's how long it'll take you to get down to the water. He's got Sloppy Joes and all kinds of events going on. Check out the Bill Maher Beach Resort, the official hotel sponsor of the Consumer Quarterback Show. In addition to that, Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team. He's a realtor here in the Bay Area. He's got some properties to look at. Even in this time of real estate scarcity, we're going to take a few, take a peek at a few. And if you want to get in touch with Brandon about any of these properties, check out our website at ConsumerQB.com. What do you got for me, Johnny? Here's something, an opportunity in Seminole, 14626 Lower Dawn Drive. This is a two-bedroom, three-bath, uh, 1,300-square-feet double master layout. It's got a waterfront dock, access to the Gulf of Mexico for all you fishermen out there, five-minute drive to Indian Shores and Indian Rocks Beach, 180-degree views of the intercoastal waterway. Wow, this is a really sharp-looking property, 14626 Lower Dawn Drive in Seminole. Again, get in touch with Brandon. Don't leave money on the table. He's got some opportunities for you. We're going to look at one more, too. What else do you have for me, John? In Hudson, you want to get into the Hudson area, here's an opportunity to build over three acres of land in Hudson at 13424 Hicks Road. Plenty of road frontage, septic, electricity, and well available. Lots of commercial business opportunities right there in Hudson. So if you're looking to relocate or build something in the Hudson area, Brandon has three acres, 13424 Hicks Road in Hudson. Get in touch with Brandon. Don't leave money on the table. As I mentioned, these properties are all available at ConsumerQB.com. All right, I told you Anthony Rickman's right here in our Salem Media Group studios. What's going on, Anthony? James, thanks for having me. Man, I'm excited because I got some I got some backup stuff like I always do. Gotcha. Uh, there's some stuff in the news. Just refresh everybody in our listening audience about your practice, what you yeah. do uh, legally. Yeah, so my name is Anthony Rickman. I own the Rickman Law Firm. I'm a criminal defense firm. We represent people arrested and accused of crimes here in Tampa, throughout the state of Florida, as well as in federal court. And my area of practice, it spans from anything from DUI to homicides to federal charges. We represent clients who've been not just arrested for charges. When the, We represent people pre-arrest, pre-indictment. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, in my experience, that's the most important phase in a case, is that if police come knocking on your door, having good representation on the front end to avoid a charge is going to save you in the long run. Explain that a little bit. So there's an opportunity. There's there's law enforcement pondering whether they're going to bring charges against you. You might be alerted to that because you've been at questioned about something. Yeah, I mean, just because a law enforcement officer knocks on your door and accuses you of a crime, or even if you're arrested, doesn't mean the state's going to pursue the charges against you. Now, in a state case, a lot of cases initiate with that knock on the door. Law enforcement coming to question you. Now, you have the right to remain silent. Most people should invoke that right prior to speaking to an attorney. And a lot of times, for instance, I had a case, a very serious case yesterday that happened to my client. Law enforcement came knocking on his door. 
Mm-hmm. Traditionally, you don't want to talk to the police. But after speaking with him, we decided to give a full statement to law enforcement. Ultimately, he was in charge of a very serious crime. So when you talk about you know being involved, you know it's important to get representation right away. In the federal system, a lot of times people will receive either a subpoena or what's called a target letter, letting you know that you are the subject uh, or a potential subject, suspect or a target in a federal investigation. Mm-hmm. In those circumstances, it's even more important to get engaged with an attorney early so that we can cut it off and potentially minimize your exposure, if not prevent you from being charged in the first place. Understood. Now, in that process of selecting your attorney, these folks out there have been uh, given a letter or a knock on the door, as you mentioned. Now they've got to decide who is going to best represent me. Talk about what things they need to think about when they just make that decision. When you talk to an attorney, a lot of people and a lot of lawyers are going to send out a whole bunch of flyers. I find it tacky personally, but you know, you're going to open your mailbox, you've been arrested, you're going to get 100 flyers from lawyers. You're going to get website advertisements. You're going to see people with fancy websites. Just because a website has bells and whistles, just because they get a fancy letter in the mail or a gold box that has your name on it, doesn't mean that's the right attorney for you. It's important to interview your lawyer, find out their experience, find out their cases. Look on the clerk's website, see how many cases they've handled. For instance, when a client comes to see me, I'm going to give them all of my attention. I'm going to give you a free consultation. You're going to come meet with me. I'm going to give you the time. I'm going to give you, I'm going to educate you on your case, the allegations against you, and lead you in the right direction. It's important to have an attorney who's knowledgeable of the law who can try a case, who can go to a prosecutor and get a case resolved, um, it's important for an attorney who's going to be your advocate. Somebody's going to pick up the phone when you call. A lot of lawyers are going to take your money, but they're not going to take your call. Mm-hmm. You know, It's important to get that lawyer who's going to do both. Now, in that scenario that we just discussed, whereby you you're, may or may not be charged, you're in the process of deciding where who your attorney is going to be, the important factor, I would think, is his influence because we may be able to head off the possibility of charges. Without a doubt, you want to know your lawyer's relationship with law enforcement and the state attorney's office. And I like to say that I have a good relationship and I have a good rapport with the state attorney's office, both here in Hillsborough, Pinellas, as well as in federal courts in the United States attorney's office. And that goes a long way because an attorney's word is taken for what it is. And right. if you don't have a good reputation of being somebody who's going to be forthright with law enforcement, not going to give law enforcement the runaround, represent your client to the fullest, but at the same time, doing it the right way, you're going to get a better result. The prosecutor trusts you, trusts your word, they're going to trust your client. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have that respect. I have as a former prosecutor myself. I'm able to go in and talk to a prosecutor. When I tell a prosecutor something, they know it's coming from me. It's going to be truthful. It's going to be something that's going to represent You were here in client. this district? I was. I was a prosecutor here in front with Mark Ober okay. uh, prior to Andrew Warren taking over to the state attorney's office. I was a state attorney here. But tell me about that yeah. a little bit. Uh, when, when did you decide it was time to move on? Well, you know, I... When I was in law school, actually, I began my career as a prosecutor. I was my second year of law school, and I was trying jury trials as a law student. Trial there were six trials uh, here in, in Hillsborough County okay. as a law student. I got hired by Mark Ober back in 2005 and worked for the state attorney's office about two years. I worked my up, way up through the state attorney's office rather quickly, made it to the felony court, felony division. Um, within about a year of working at the state attorney's office, it was rather quick. Um, in that t- time, I tried over 65 jury trials. Yeah, a lot of volume in that office, A huh? lot of volume, but for me, I, I love being in court. I love trying cases. So and not only would I try misdemeanor cases, I'd find whatever felony attorney would let me as a young you know, second-year lawyer hop on a felony case. Mm-hmm. So in my second year, I'm hopping on trafficking cases, major crimes, a lot of cases that people didn't see until they got through the state attorney's office. So with that and with the experience I had, I decided to go into private practice uh, went into with a law firm, became partner, and then about five years ago, I opened my own law firm, doing now criminal defense for about fifteen years. So that exposure to the courtroom, the actual prosecution, and the attorneys, lawyers that are going to be involved in cases going forward in the future, invaluable, I would think. Oh, without a doubt, and it's not just my experience in court; it's my relationships as well. Right. You know, as a former prosecutor, a lot of the prosecutors that I trained how to try a DUI case back in the day 
or the prosecutors I worked with as co-counsel are now the chiefs. Now they're in charge of the office 15 years later. And I have a good relationship with those prosecutors because I know them. They know me. They know how I operate and they know how I act. Many of the judges I imagine you saw when you were in that in the prosecutor's office still on the bench now. Without a doubt. I would say close to 75% of the judges that I tried cases as a prosecutor or that were county court judges when I was a county court prosecutor are now circuit court judges at a higher, you know, dealing with more serious cases. So, yeah, it's, it's interesting how that process goes. And I've been in front of these same judges for years. I can, you know, I could write a book right. on some of my experience with some of these judges. And so some that relationship is invaluable when you're seeking an attorney to find out his how, how what kind of influence he has in the court system, how long he's been around that thing. Now, I was curious about judges and uh, when they're appointed and the terms. Uh, what are your feelings on, on – I've heard people say that the appointment for life or these long appointments can be challenging and somewhat uh, controversial sometimes. When we talk about state court judges, you know, state court judges can be appointed by the governor. But then they are elected based upon the term of the seat that they're going into. So let's say, for instance, a judge retires and they have two years left. They'll be appointed, a judge will be appointed to that seat, but then they're up for re-election. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about state court judges, those in the state of Florida, those judges are then elected. Okay. When we talk about in federal court, that's why we talk about these congressional hearings and we see everything going into the congressional hearings for Supreme Court justice, district court judges, federal appeals court judges, because those are lifetime appointments. And when you have a circumstance where it's a lifetime appointment, there really is no check on that judge. Yeah. When you have a state court judge, and we see, we see the media, we see the news, we see how these judges operate. If a judge is doing something consistently bad in state court, there's a check and that's the voters. And we can see people putting in to run against judges. Now, traditionally behind the scenes, you don't really see a lot of opposition for judges in our county, in Hillsborough County, for judges who are already on the bench. Unless that judge has done something that really upsets a segment of our society, then you'll okay. see someone put against them. But generally speaking, a state court is different than federal court because we do have that check with the elections. It's unusual to me that if it's an appointment for life, you may be someone in their 30s. You may be talking about 60 years almost of, of service in, in that capacity. Well, you look at Trump's latest appointments. Most of Trump's appointments prior to him losing uh, being, you know, losing his election, right. most of Trump's appointments were younger Federalist Society members. By design. By design, because that is going to be the lasting effect. People talk about the presidency. Look, the presidency is eight years. Right. A judgeship in the Federalism lasts forever. And that is the legacy of a president is right. going to be how those courts rule. And we see now the Supreme Court, the makeup of the Supreme Court. We see now the makeup of the federal courts with the Trump appointments. And now we're going to see what Biden's trying to do is put his mark on it by electing an African, by nominating an African-American, a younger African-American judge that will be on the bench potentially for 40 or 50 years. Well, that is really a critical part of our judicial system and and one that's not subject to review, as you mentioned. It isn't, unless, you know, the impeachment, the same thing. But that is, I don't know if it's ever happened or how, Mm -hmm. if it is, it's very, very rare. So when you talk about a federal judgeship, that's why it's very important when people look at elections, you know, federal elections, uh, election for president. One of the most important things, election president, as well as the members of our House and our Senate, they are the ones who make the ultimate decision if this judge is going to be on the bench without check, essentially, for the rest of that judge's career. Right. And that's a, it's a huge uh, burden. And I, just in the past, we've visited a little bit about my skepticism about some of the attorneys that have been selected to, in some of these big cases uh, because they've put together 50 or so federal lawsuits that didn't go anywhere. I thought, man, what a poor reflection on our our government to have these people representing the people or at least the president or his office yeah. and have it seem so frivolous. Yeah, and you know and and that's, you know, one of the things when you talk about, you know, people appointed to to handle cases by by the government, you know, that's a different. That's going to be appointed for a, a specific purpose. When you talk about a judgeship, 
You know, when you are looking at someone who's appointed to, as a federal judge, that's what these, you know, when you, it's important, people don't really pay attention to these congressional hearings. Mm-hmm. You know, they get into what these judges have done, right. what what their characteristics are personally, but also the rulings they made if they've been overturned and those type of things. Those are all important things when you're determining if this judge should be appointed to life. You know, for me, when I look at the state court, you know, a lot of the public doesn't know these candidates for judges the way lawyers do. Right. You know, when I see a person running for a judge, I know how that person was a lawyer. If it's a prosecutor running for a judge, I know if they were fair as a prosecutor. If it's a defense attorney running for a judge, I, I know whether or not this attorney filed good motions and made good arguments. Joe Public doesn't know that. Right. And when you talk about state court, that's the problem a lot of times with ju- judicial elections in a state system. You can have a person who looks good on paper or a person who, you know, campaigns well as a judge. But really, unless you're really in tune to our legal community locally, you don't know how that judge is going to act on the bench. Mm-hmm. You know, there's been some elections where people have lost, and I'm like, wow, I can't believe that person lost. They were a great lawyer. They're going to make a great judge, but they didn't run a good campaign. Yeah, I tell you, the more and more I'm around politics, especially currently, it seems like the voting record or your track record far more important than any verbiage or dialogue that you're going to say because these, these words are just, they're so cheap now. Without a doubt, you're at your, your, your track record in voting, your voting record – and when you're talking about a federal appointment or even a state appointment, your record as an attorney, right? You know, your record as um, a jurist. If you're if you're somebody who wants to run for a higher office or or be appointed a federal judge, your record as a jurist, your record of being overturned or appealed. All right, Anthony Rickman. He's the attorney at law, the Rickman Law Firm. We got another segment coming up with Anthony and our feel good story. And don't forget Carla Armstrong, director of philanthropy from Gulfside Healthcare Services, is right here in our Salem Media Group studios. Don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback. This is Warwick Dunn, and you're listening to the Real Estate Quarterback Show, hosted by my man, Brandon Rhymes. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. Dennis Prager here for Brandon and Lindsey Rhymes, owners of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams. Buying, selling, investing in real estate, their nationwide Keller Williams network makes them the best team to work with. Sellers, have your property featured live on air, creating multiple offers. Buyers, leverage a unique system that gets your offer accepted, never overlooked. Call or text 813-750-0550, or ConsumerQB.com. Selling commercial or residential property? Don't leave money on the table. List with the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. I'm Brandon Rimes. Reach me at 813-670-7372 or PlatinumMVPTeam.com. Have you desired more income and more freedom in your life? Now is your time. Keller Williams Realty has just launched our own real estate school, and you can get licensed for free. I'm Brandon Rimes, host of the Consumer Quarterback Show, owner of the Platinum MVP team at Keller Williams Realty. And for the first three people who reach out, I will personally coach you. 813-917-1894. Call or text 813-917-1894. ConsumerQB.com. ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rimes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894. 
That's right. Give Brandon a call if you want to check out any of our great experts or our sponsors or some of the great properties that we have pitched on the show. Uh, the sponsor for this segment is Discovery Golf Cars. You know, everyone has a golf cart these days. I see these kids pulling each other on skateboards. Halloween, they're out on the golf cart. Uh, families walking the dog. Everyone's got a golf cart. If you need one, Discovery Golf Cars, that's the place to go. They've got a couple locations. They sell them new and used. They come right to a place, offer uh, financing or uh, mobile repair. Great company. Great to get involved with them. If you need a golf cart, Discovery Golf Cars, a great sponsor here on the show. And again, we're going to take a look at a few properties. Again, Brandon, Brandon owns the Platinum MVP team. We've got some real estate to look at, even in this time of scarcity. Any of the properties you hear pitched on the show, you can check out at ConsumerQB.com. Here's a restaurant for you. He's got a commercial opportunity in downtown Dade City, 141217 Street in Dade City. Uh, downtown Dade City, two dining rooms. There's even a one-bedroom, one-bath apartment on property. So you get all the furniture and equipment. It is a turnkey restaurant ready to go in Dade City. So if you're looking to get back into the restaurant business, 14121 7th Street in Dade City. Get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. A really unique opportunity right there. All right, before the break, we were visiting with Anthony Rickman, the Rickman Law Firm. We were talking a little bit about, uh, he was educating me a little bit about judges and the court system. I printed up a little bit about this case in the news. You know, Deshaun Watson is a football player. He's been in the news a lot because there was some question about whether he was going to be charged criminally. And now he's looking at a, a preponderance of civil lawsuits coming at him. I was curious to know criminal, criminal versus civil. And when he's selecting an attorney, in the civil phase, it's almost like you really want somebody with the publicity, the juice, to influence society and kind of get things on your side. Yeah, imagine if we had him as a quarterback. Thank God Brady <laughs> come back. We've been dealing with this in our backyard. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, when you talk about Deshaun Watson, this has been going on for quite some time now. He sat it all last season because of these allegations. And ultimately, you know, this case went to a grand jury. And now, does that mean they impaneled the grand jury just for Deshaun Watson? They did. So okay. usually in a grand jury, is impaneled for a period of time. I don't know necessarily what Texas's rules are. But let's say a grand jury is impaneled for an entire month. That, enti- that grand jury hears a whole bunch of cases over a period of time, and they make a determination if there's enough evidence to go forward, for the government to go forward, with a criminal case. And, I, you know, the, the, the famous saying is that a prosecutor can indict a ham sandwich in front of a grand jury. <laughs> for them not to indict the Sean Watson tells you that there was minimal to no evidence, not enough evidence, obviously, to return a true bill, meaning an indictment against the Sean Watson. I see. So they had to make that decision. Is there a time limit or any double jeopardy standard now? No. Well, so look, it goes in front of the grand jury. If there's additional evidence or additional cases, they can always bring the case back to the grand jury. Okay. Again, jeopardy doesn't attach because he wasn't formally charged and the case wasn't dismissed or he wasn't found not guilty. So jeopardy doesn't attach, but I wouldn't anticipate them going back. Right. What the government does in these cases, they compile all their evidence, get everything they feel they can prove against this individual. And then present one time. They don't want to do this twice. There's likely not going to be any revelations coming out of a civil case that would spark them to go back and look at it criminally. You know, let's say hypothetically it's on witness stand and, and, and admits to criminal activity, possibly, commits perjury, possibly. But on its face right now, the allegations as they stand, there wasn't enough to go forward with the criminal case. And you could see, you know, on a criminal case, it's different. It's you got to prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt. Mm-hmm. And when the government looks at that case, they're looking at it to see if we have a reasonable likelihood of a successful prosecution. It's different than when a grand jury looks at it. The grand jury looks at the evidence and they make the determination if there's enough evidence to go forward for the government to go forward with the case and return an indictment. And here what we have is a bunch of women making allegations. On a criminal case, They're looking. the courts are looking at it differently now. First of all, we have a delayed report. We know none of these alleged victims reported any of these incidents uh, as they were happening or right away. Right. We see it happened at a long period of time down the road. Mm-hmm. We have that civil suit that's hanging over everything. You know, are these victims or alleged victims seeking a criminal prosecution to aid or further them in their civil suit? We talk about the physical evidence of lack thereof. Because of the delayed report, there's no DNA, there's no physical evidence, there's no admission 
of wrongdoing by Deshaun Watson. There's no um, exculpatory statements by him. You know, really what we have is these individuals making these allegations that during the course of you know, this episode, he engaged in unlawful sexual contact. And the other overarching question is, was it consensual at the time? Mm-hmm. We're not talking about, you know, women who are physically incapable of consenting. We're not talking about a circumstance where he's drugging anybody. Right. These are masseuses who are coming to him to perform, you know, massages that right. turn, that they allege turn sexual in some way. And the matter is, was it consensual? And that's going to be a very hard burden mm-hmm. for the government to overcome in a criminal case. Now, looking at what we have now is a civil allegation. And in a civil case, you know, you're looking at all these different victims, allegedly, all these victims, now plaintiffs coming together and saying that we were all harmed in a similar matter by Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. Now, in a criminal setting, that can be used, something called Williams Rule Evidence, meaning prior bad acts. If you have all these witnesses coming forward and saying that he touched me in the same manner, did the same exact thing, the government can attempt to use those in a criminal case to say that this is how he acts. His modus operandi, his common scheme of plan. Even with that, the government didn't indict him, indict him criminally. However, all of these factors could be used to sh- attempt to show his civil liability for unlawful sexual contact. Would it impact the judgment. It could. And it, when you have these jurors sitting here and hearing all these witnesses, all these similarly situated plaintiffs in the same type of case, you know, the question is, what are they going to do? Personally, I feel this is probably going to resolve before we get to right. that point. Yeah. You know, as we see, saw, for instance, Kobe Bryant, we saw these other cases, these high-profile athletes accused of, of sexual misconduct. Most of them resolved with some sort of confidential settlement. And it wouldn't surprise me that down the road, you don't have some sort of confidential settlement. Let me ask you this. Does it make sense for the, the women accusing him to be represented by one single attorney? I mean, that's an issue. I mean, obviously, on, on its face, that, that seems to be an issue. Look, this attorney basically put out an ad in the newspaper. And he said, if you've been, right. you know, we see it as a TV. If you yeah. have asbestos, call me. This guy's like, if you've been molested or touched by Deshaun Watson, call me. Yeah, because and, the number went from three or four to 20 and we're pretty rapidly. Yes, and we kept seeing a pile on, pile on, pile on. It seems like anybody who gave Deshaun Watson a, a massage in this period of time jumped onto this lawsuit. And are they really seeking justice or are they chasing the dollar? And that's the question. It's curious because at first the preponderance of, of women coming forward made it seem, oh my gosh, he, this guy's guilty. Then the, the further you look into it, the more it seems like they may be fishing a little bit because they've rounded up all these women and kind of rehearsed this. Yeah, you know, it isn't interesting we said uh, looking at the witnesses, he may be guilty. I mean, it, we have a presumption of innocence in yeah. this country. And everyone thinks, oh, all these people are accusing Deshaun Watson Watt, had to have done something wrong. Mm. Or is it possible he didn't do anything wrong and they're all accusing him wrongfully? Yeah. Are they chasing money? Are they, or in the alternative, are they really victims? This grand jury decided that they're not in the criminal sense. And now we'll see. And now we'll see whether or not he settles or goes to trial on the civil side. All right. La- about the last minute, I put together some movies and lawyers from different movies. Anthony, when you decided to be a lawyer, was there some influence? Did you ever see a film or anything that you thought, man, that's really cool? I well, like that. Look, I love Devil's Advocate. I okay. mean, it's not on your list, but that, that was it for me. Wanted to be a criminal attorney. Um, you know, I've lived a lot of the, the experiences that, you know, that happened in that case where you have that moral conflict mm-hmm. of a client. You know, I don't remember the first scene, Devil's Advocate, he's, it's a sexual assault charge with a child. Um, and he knows his client did it, but yet he presses that victim. You know, we've all had that as defense attorneys, that, that legal issue where we have to represent our client right. at the back end, you know, what's more important, your moral compass. Uh, so, you know, that, that, that one is, is, is my favorite, just, you know, Al Pacino and. 
And we mentioned a little bit of filmed right here in the state of Florida. I think Gainesville Courthouse had some scenes. It was. I was in that courthouse in Jacksonville when I was in law school doing mock trial. You know what's interesting? That courthouse, they still have segregated bathrooms. No kidding. Yep. They have a African-American bathroom and a no white kidding. bathroom. Now, now it's men and women's. But right. back in the day, you know, it was it's one of it's an old courthouse. It's a uh, really interesting. Holy cow, Anthony yeah. Rickman, the Rickman Law Firm. Anthony, what's the best way for folks to get in touch uh, with you? You see my website. It's therickmanlawfirm dot com. You can call me eight one three nine 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 zero five zero two or toll free eight five five crim law. Um, Twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Call me anytime. Uh, I'll give you a free consultation if you've been confronted by law enforcement, if you're arrested or accused. Make sure you get an attorney. Call me anytime. Representation is critical. Anthony Rickman, attorney at law, the Rickman Law Firm. Don't go anywhere. We've got a feel-good story coming up for you. And when we come back, Carla Armstrong, Director of Philanthropy, Gulfside Healthcare Services, right here in our Salem Media Group studios. This is the Consumer Quarterback. This is Chris Voss, former FBI lead hostage negotiator and owner of the Black Swan Group. And you're listening to Consumer Quarterback Show, hosted by my friend Brandon Rice. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. listening to the consumer quarterback brandon rhymes cutting through your typical media nonsense and offering you a rational and unbiased perspective on current events and life in tampa bay online at consumerqb.com that's right consumerqb.com a great resource for you to check out all our properties all our experts and our sponsors Uh, we have a great sponsor for this uh, segments replenish iv solutions really unique business they come directly to you if you can't get to one of their multiple locations and inject you with an iv drip with uh, minerals vitamins making sure that your immune system is working as well as it can uh longtime friends of the program steve and lisa gunn owners of replenish iv solutions check them out online really great business and a great sponsor for us and of course brandon owns the platinum mvp team he is a realtor in the bay area we've got a property to talk about any of the properties you hear pitched on the consumer quarterback show you can check out at consumerqb.com johnny is our team TV producer, and now he's going to put one up in Ebb Tide. Look at this Port Ritchie area, 4823 Ebb Tide Lane. This is about a 1,000 square feet, one bedroom, two bath. Your very own penthouse suite, a spectacular 270-degree views. Holy cow. Right on the Cody River with views of the Gulf of Mexico, brand-new flooring, fresh paint, covered parking. Building features pool and elevator. So if you're looking to get into the, the Port Ritchie area, 4823 Ebb Tide Lane, get in touch with Brandon and the Platinum MVP team. Like he always says, don't leave money on the table. Okay, right here in our Salem Media Group studios, Carla Armstrong, Director of Philanthropy from Gulfside Healthcare. We love having Gulfside on. We've had Linda on. We've had the, uh, uh, everybody from the thrift store, uh, all different areas of Gulfside. We love having those folks on because our heart is for these not-for-profit businesses. A lot of these folks are out there doing really, really great work in the community, and that not-for-profit status is really critical to us. Tell us a little bit about that, Carla, just about Gulfside in general, if you could. Yeah, sure. Gulfside Healthcare Services provides a continuum of care um, with skilled home health, palliative care, and hospice care, um, primarily in Pasco County, but a little bit of North Pinellas as well, and uh, really just serving the needs of the community, and those needs are growing. Mm -hmm. We talk about the not-for-profit part of that, and the way that that will impact a family is you guys are going to take any monies that you get and roll it back into the business. Absolutely. So anything that uh, we can create a profit of goes right back into the mission. So it really does help us meet those needs of the community, and especially for our hospice care, 
we are able to, with that, be able to take care of anybody who needs hospice regardless of their ability to pay, and that's only possible because of the support from the community. Yeah, that is huge. We talk a lot about uh, hospice and, and taking care of the patient, but the whole family is involved in this. When Gulfside comes out there to, to provide some care, it's not just caring for the patient, but the family needs that break and that idea that the stress of this whole thing has created quite a burden on everybody. Yeah, I will tell you, um, I really think hospice care is the example of what health care should be, taking care of a person not just from the medical, but also the physical, the emotional, the spiritual, and then supporting the family because yeah. that is that patient support system, yeah. right? So we have an entire team that helps ensure that the patient and their family are prepared for that journey. You know, we, uh, Linda has been on the show, as I mentioned, quite a few times, and we talk a little bit about uh, all the different ways that people are impacted by Gulfside. A lot of times, uh, some of these older folks are, are veterans or or, or and they, they, they just have not, uh, they've run out of their benefits or they, they're not in a position where they can help themselves. Talk a little bit about the way you guys deal with veterans when it comes to this kind of thing. Well, you know, most people don't realize that one in four patients, hospice patients, are veterans in this country. Hmm. And that's true in, here in our area as well. So 25% of all of our patients are veterans. And veterans experience the end of life a little differently, um, often because of either combat experience or their military training or both. Um, So what commonly happens at the end of life is we all do an end-of-life review. We start thinking about things that we're proud of, things we regret, things we um, maybe haven't thought of in years. And so some of our veterans start re-experiencing things that they had kind of buried in their past. And that can be very difficult for them and for their family. We've had family members say, you know, I've never seen my dad like this. I've never seen my husband like this. And so through our We Honor Veterans program, we are able to provide those extra tools and resources to both the patient and the family to help them learn how to manage that and to get through it and support them through that because their their experience is unique because of that ex- veteran experience. That's right. And, and Linda had even talked a little bit about a pinning ceremony. Yes. Um, you know, it's it's really sad. We still have many, many veterans, especially those from the Vietnam and the Korean War era, who have never been thanked for their service. Can you imagine? No, I can't. I really can't. And, you know, the pinning ceremony is something that is so poignant. And if you get a chance to attend one, I I highly recommend it. I have. Mm -hmm. I've literally watched a veteran break down in tears, crying. And and his wife looked at us and said he has never been thanked for his service. And Mm -hmm. that pinning ceremony meant everything to him. Well, you can see Gulfside Healthcare Service is really a pillar of uh, good things, always doing great things in the community, and we're so happy to have them as a partner here on the show. Uh, Carla, folks out there listening, beyond uh, maybe helping in terms of spread the word, talk a little bit about it, donations or how they can get involved, or what, what is it that folks out there listening that have a heart for this can do? Well, there's a lot they can do. Um, I always talk about, you know, we can all choose to donate time, treasure, and talent. We love our volunteers. There are many, many different ways to volunteer whether um, patient care volunteers um, at our fundraising events to volunteer just the day of. Uh, We rely heavily on volunteers for our thrift shops. But in addition to that, it really does take money to help make what we do possible. So they can also donate financially, either now or make a plan to make a gift later through an estate or as a beneficiary of an insurance policy or an IRA. There are just many different ways to um, 
be able to make this work possible. And I've talked to donors who said, look, I'm going to give to you now so I can make sure you're here to take care of me (laughs) when I'm in May Need Office. Creating a little good karma for themselves, I suppose. Yes, absolutely. Now, you've got an event coming up. It says here a virtual contest right now involving pets. We do. So one of the programs, um, one of the many extra programs that Goldsight goes above and beyond to do it involves uh, helping our patients who have pets. Okay. So they sometimes also face unique challenges. Yeah, I never thought that, of this. Yeah, you know, think about in in some cases our patients are actually closer to their pets than sure. they may be to their family. Well, you'd be surprised. People go absolutely crazy for their pets. Yeah, absolutely. I do too. I right. mean, I have three of my own. Um, and you know, it becomes really challenging for a patient. Often they're worried. Right. about what's going to happen to their pet when they're gone. It's almost like a dependent child. You feel like, what's going to happen if I'm not here? Yeah, and we've even had patients. We had one patient who needed to go into our hospice care center for a little bit more intensive um, management of their symptoms, but they wouldn't because they had no one available to take care of their pet. Right, that separation anxiety is someone who's always there. Yes. Wow. So we offer this Pet Peace of Mind program to help support our patients and their pets through that journey together. So it um, often will provide food, medication, if we need to board the animal while we take care of the patient in one of our hospice care centers. We cover those costs. But this program's entirely reliant on donations. And then the best part of all is we help provide that patient with peace of mind by helping to find um, a new forever home for their pet so that they know that their pet will be loved and well taken care of even when they're gone. Now, there's a contest aspect aspect to this? There is. So our Women for Gulfside, which is a women's philanthropy group supporting Gulfside projects, is fundraising for the Pet Peace of Mind program with our virtual pet pageant, making it easy for anybody to participate. Okay. Um, you go to gulfsidepets.org, um, and you will find our virtual pet pageant right now. I think we have 12 contestants, dogs, cats, even a horse. And so anybody can <laughs> enter their pet. Um, we're going to have two winners. One is going to be the most photogenic, and the other is going to be the most popular. Now, how we're going to determine how they're most popular is a fundraiser. Okay. So people can vote okay. for these pets through uh, making a donation, and then the pet that has the most votes or the most donations will win the most popular. Wow, what a great idea. Who came up? Oh, did you come up with all this stuff, Carla? Well, my team did. It's a team effort, and it was a lot of fun. And i got to tell you, if you just need a smile on your day today, go to GolfsidePets.org <laughs> and check out these pets. They're hilarious. I mean, they're fabulous <laughs> photos. People go absolutely overboard sometimes with their dogs and cats. It's amazing how much love they have for animals. Uh, people certainly react. Uh, that, just, that just really tugs your heartstrings, you know what I mean? I think that's a great in there. Uh, people certainly are so proud of their dog or cat. <laughs> so check, what's, what's the site again, GulfsidePets? GulfsidePets.org, or you can go to our main website, which is GulfSide.org, and you will see um, there you can find a link to our pet pageant as well. Okay, this is Carla Armstrong. Again, she's visiting from Gulfside Healthcare Services. She is the Director of Philanthropy. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of the other things they've got going on in terms of ways that you can get involved and help out and become part of the Gulfside family. And our feel-good story is about a mail carrier. He went out of his way and shoveled some snow for a disabled veteran. We'll tell you all about it in our feel-good story. So don't go anywhere. This is the Consumer Quarterback Show. Hey, this is Grant Cardone, and you've been listening to the phenomenal Brandon Rhymes, the Consumer Quarterback Show. To get in touch with Brandon, call 813-917-1894, online at ConsumerQB.com. 
Ian Beckles here with my man, Brandon Rimes, a.k.a. the real estate quarterback. Brandon, what's happening with the market? Thanks, Ian. We are in a low inventory market, so any of our listeners are homeowners and would like a free comparable market analysis or a 2.5% listing, we will honor this for the first three listeners who call or text in 813-917-1894. Free CMA and a 2.5% real estate listing. Check out ConsumerQB.com. My name is James DeJerome, and I produce the Consumer Quarterback Show for Brandon Rimes. The Consumer Quarterback Show is a team, a group of like-minded professionals who partner together to provide our audience sound advice, knowledge, and information to make them wiser consumers. We work with all types of business owners and aggressively promote our local economy. We're currently conducting interviews for our expert contributors. If you own a business or know someone who would benefit from the exposure our show provides, please contact us at 813-750-0550 or online at ConsumerQB.com. You're listening to The Consumer Quarterback, Brandon Rhymes, online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon is Tampa Bay's number one consumer advocate for real estate and financial advice. Call Brandon today at 813-917-1894. That's right. Give Brandon a call if you want to get in touch with any of our great expert contributors or some of our sponsors. The sponsor for this segment is Brothers Easy Moving. You know, they are official moving company of the Consumer Quarterback Show. They moved Brandon right into his new home uh, recently, and they earned the title of the official moving company. I saw those guys moving furniture well after dark. So they are the company for you, local or long distance. Lots of five-star reviews online. Check them out, Brothers Easy Moving, the official moving sponsor of the Consumer Quarterback Show. And we've got a feel-good story for you, as we always do. Brandon always injects a little positivity into your day with a feel-good story. This one is particularly interesting. It revolves around a veteran. So a mail carrier in Johnston, Pennsylvania, went above and beyond what was expected after a recent storm dumped eight inches of snow on the area. Uh, Terry Halliday is a disabled U.S. military veteran who lives in the 8th Ward. On Saturday, her home alert system announced movement outside her front door. Uh, I began watching my phone. I saw the mail delivery truck. Uh, the next thing I know, I see him coming up my steps with a snow shovel. Halliday, who has one leg amputated, had left the shovel near her door so that she can access it to clear her deck. Uh, she can't shovel steps, however. Uh, he shoveled the steps and cleared off my front deck, she says. I was shocked but grateful. Halliday said they never spoke to each other before, aside from a quick hello once or twice when she was at the end of the driveway in her power chair. Before he finished shoveling, Halliday thanked the mail carrier and learned his name, Leron Britt. She made a post, of course, on social media, on Facebook, about his act of kindness. She says, being a disabled veteran with one leg, this mailman went above and beyond here in Johnston, Pennsylvania. He shoveled my steps and small deck outside my front door. I caught him on my wireless doorbell. He went above and beyond, which is truly grateful, she wrote in the post. So those little acts of kindness, whether or not they're witnessed or not, you never know what, what the impact is. And we talk about paying it forward and how one can be a domino into another one. And that's the whole idea behind the act of kindness. We really enjoy those stories and want that to carry out into the community. And that goes really well with Carla, who's here in our studios from Gulfside Healthcare Services. A lot of folks may not have a pet, but they can still get involved in helping out. Yeah, absolutely. We have a number of different ways. One is our Women for Gulfside group. So um, this is a fantastic group of women who are committed to supporting Gulfside's patients and families and continuing that mission. And another one of their initiatives is an online coloring contest. Okay. So they can, uh, someone can, uh, similar to the pet pageant, right. they can create a drawing or uh, even we have some different coloring patterns. You know, a lot of people like to do the colored pencil drawings mm -hmm. now. So they can uh, do those and submit those. And again, seek uh, donations by uh, asking people to vote for them with their with their dollars gotcha. and support that program as well. And then the winner of that's going to be announced at our upcoming fundraising event. 
we have the Charity Festival of Arts coming on on April 23rd from 10 to 5. It's going to be in Land Lakes at Heritage Park. It's an all-day arts festival featuring a talent show, um, an art exhibit, all ages um, from, you know, pre-K on through adult. And it's just going to be a fantastic way for the community, a family-friendly way to come together and support Gulfside Hospice and our patients and families. I'm so proud of you guys for becoming creative. I know that the pandemic was not great for anybody, but it kind of forced uh, some alternative thinking and ways of doing things. And I know you guys got involved with the telemedicine a little more, and that was a big help for some of your patients. And now these ways that you can fundraise and kind of get people involved, that is a great avenue for you. I can't imagine how you guys sit around and brainstorm. What's the best way to come up with some of these things? Well, I tell you, one of the ways was we said we really want a family-friendly event because there, there's nothing more uh, symbolic of hospice than mm-hmm. the idea of family. Right. And so creating this event, we said, you know, what's a way to celebrate our energy, our creativity that we've all had to demonstrate during these right. last couple right. of years and give people an outlet for that and then really a chance to finally, again, come back together after feeling socially distanced for right. so long. <laughs> And you guys, we talk a lot about all the different aspects. You have nurses who go out in the field. You have some in the facility. You have uh, uh, these care specialists. Telemedicine I just brought up is a a way people can get involved. Go over some of the things that people might not even realize when they think about what Gulfside might be available to do. Well, like I said, it has three different service lines. So it really is representing an entire continuum of care. So one is our Gulfside Home Health, that's skilled uh, nursing for short-term rehabilitation, right? But rather than having to go to a rehabilitation center, I think we've all learned over the last couple of years, I think we'd most rather be healing at home. Right, sure. So Gulfside comes to you, just like we do with hospice. We go to wherever the patient calls home. Well, home health, it's the same. We come to the home and we take care of the patient there. Um, the idea is to get back into a quality of life and move on and, and continue living. Palliative care is a way to um, support those with chronic illnesses. Um, so these are illnesses that are not going to go away, but they're not necessarily, you know, end of life, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to be something that a patient has to live with for a long time. We can help uh, patients manage those symptoms with our expert care in that. And then when they are at that point where they are closer to the end of life, and, and hospice is where they have a prognosis of six months or less, okay. if that illness follows its normal course, then again, we have that same expert care. So really, all of these lines of service really showcase how we're really good at taking care of patients where they want to call home right? and bringing that expert care to them rather than making them go every other way to find that type of care. Now, you mentioned you guys are heavily involved in Pasco County, but you also get out to some of the other places as well. And if you're listening and you want to make a donation, don't feel like it's not for you if you're not in Pasco, right? They can donate from anywhere. Yeah, absolutely. We have donations come from all over the country and even internationally because, you know, there's something really special about Pasco in that obviously we're north of Tampa and Pinellas, you know, which are more metropolitan Mm -hmm. areas. But we still have that hometown feel that still have a little bit of that rural feel. So we're really kind of in between both worlds. And I think that's what makes the need greater, quite honestly. You know, a lot of people don't necessarily think of Pasco when they think of places that need support, and Gulfside in particular. So these donations are absolutely critical to our ability to take care of these patients. And Pasco does have an aging population. Mm. So the need is even greater there. So if they really want to make that donation dollar go even further, consider Gulfside. Well, you know, when you talk about the population uh, demographic, I didn't really consider that before. We've got a lot of folks in that in that range in the state, you know what I mean? And uh, the fact that you guys maintain this not-for-profit status is really incredible. 
Thank you. Yeah, I mean, and, and but we do it because of the community that they need it and they also support it, and that's what makes it all possible. So, I'm really hoping uh, some of your listeners will be inspired by this and consider uh, learning more about how those donations can help. You mentioned the thrift shops. How many locations do we have in terms of thrift shops? We have five thrift shops. Really? They're fantastic. Okay. Um, and the thrift shops are another really important uh, fundraising arm of Gulfside. Um, everything that's donated there and then sold, all of those proceeds, again, go to support the care that's made possible. So those thrift shops are in Hudson, Newport Ritchie, Lutz, Zephyr Hills, and Dade City. Okay. Now, do you have to make a donation specifically to that location, or can you donate directly to Gulfside or... Yeah, so if they're, uh, yeah, you can donate uh, to Gulfside in general. Um, if they're looking at making a donation, maybe you've got some clothes that no, no longer so fit. Because, you, you know, I'm thinking some people might, you know, have outgrown some clothes over the COVID pandemic, right? <laughs> we all need a new wardrobe. So if you have those old uh, the clothes that you're no longer using or furniture or other collectible items, um, our thrift shops are always accepting those donations. And then I say, you know what, if you really want to treasure hunt and have a great time shopping, check out our thrift shops. They have some real gems in there. But it occurred to me that if you have uh, somebody experiencing this kind of need for this service, their family may be in a position where they've lost a little income because this person no longer is the breadwinner in the family. They may be into something that they might need a location like this, a place where they can find some things that make sense budget-wise for them. Yeah, and actually, if anybody's looking for a wedding dress, our Newport Ritchie um, thrift shop has a bridal boutique of brand new wedding gowns. That have never been worn, and you can get them essentially for pennies on the dollar of what they would cost you if you had gone to a regular retail store. And the best part, again, is that purchasing that at our thrift shop supports the mission of hospice. Great. So if you're out there and you have some items, you know, like she mentioned, uh, clothes, there's lots of things if you go through your garage that you're probably not using. Now, uh, like, will you guys come and pick up some of these items if they have trouble, some larger items? Yeah, so we are able to do um, arrange for pickups for okay. larger, like, um, household furniture items um, or a, a pretty significant number of um, items. You know, we can't do it for everything, but we can. Uh, so definitely contact our thrift shops to find out if that's possible for you. If you're out there and you want to be part of the Gulfside team, what kind of describe a little bit about what you're looking for? If somebody who, who maybe you, you talk about the medical background, if they want to do that, but just in terms of being part of the team in general, what are you what are you thinking? Well, I think um, you know there are many different positions available at Gulfside, and some are in the clinical care, but we have plenty of others. It is a business, so we have an, you know a lot of administrative type okay. jobs, finance health information management, um, uh, public relations, um, as well as philanthropy. We have an open position there right now for a fundraising communications assistant. There are a lot of different ways, but I think the overall um, quality of a great employee is somebody who's really committed to the mission and cares about the people that we serve. And I'm proud to say that Gulfside also is really supportive of its employees. It's a great culture and working environment. It certainly seems so. You know, one thing that occurs to me, if I was in this position uh, with insurance and paperwork that gets so detailed and I'm, I'm, I'm at the end of life, perhaps, boy, you're going to need some help navigating through all the insurance and paperwork and different things like that. Do you guys have someone to get help on the clerical side with these folks? Well, we definitely have as part of our team, our social workers, um, really help the fa- guide the families through a lot of those details, making sure plans are in place. They then coordinate with our finance team to make sure, you know, where there's coverage available, that that's um, kicking in and taking place. Um, again, it's a whole team effort, mm-hmm. and I think that's what's really unique about our organizations. We really work collaboratively all together to help that patient and family. 
And I've seen, as I mentioned, all the different personnel that have come through from Gulfside. We must have had 20 different people uh, that have represented Gulfside come through the uh, the show here. So we've, we've made friends with a lot of folks over there. And I can tell you just from firsthand experience, man, everyone has such a big heart over there. This is not the kind of thing you get into just for money. No, you know? it, is, it isn't. And I think that, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're moved as much by those patients. Yeah, it's a you calling. You know, it seems like a calling. And, and uh, that idea that you can provide somebody who's experiencing that, uh, that fear almost is what it is really, you know, it's anxiety and the fear that's created by the, that idea that I don't know what's coming kind of a thing. And you guys can get in there and kind of, again, not just with the patient, but the entire family kind of help pacify that, or at least explain a little bit about where you are. So you feel more confident in where you're going. Yeah. I think, you know, there are a lot of stories that break our hearts too, but just knowing that we're there to help them and support them makes all the difference. All right, Carla, about one minute left. I want you to summarize, if you could, some of the opportunities that we talked about already as far as donations and some of the events you have coming up. Well, uh, we have the online pet pageant supporting our Pet Peace of Mind program. That's in progress now? That is in progress now. It uh, Registrations are taking now, and it closes on April 10th. We're going to na- announce the winner on April 11th, National okay. Pet Day. Okay. And we've got our coloring contest. That is supporting our family bereavement program, which also relies entirely on donations. But all this starts with our Women for Gulfside. This is a fantastic group of women. If you want to get involved, meet great friends, and have fun doing uh, it, as well as helping hospice, womenforgulfside.org. How many women are involved in that program? We have close to 70 members. Really? Yep. And uh, we meet on a monthly basis. Okay. So a little way, some camaraderie, some fraternity there, as well as helping everybody. A lot of great new friendships have been born from the Women for Gulfside. What a great idea. Well, thank you so much for coming in today, Carla. I want to thank you and everybody from Gulfside for doing such a great job out there. Well, thank you for taking the time to listen. All right. Well, this has been a great show. I want to remind you a little bit about Anthony Rickman. He was the attorney at law from the Rickman Law Firm. Came in and explained to me a little bit about civil and criminal and how that kind of thing goes on. If you're a patient, if you're somebody out there considering getting an attorney, Anthony kind of went over what some of the things you should consider. And of course, Carla from Gulfside gives you some opportunities to get involved. You know, if you want to donate, there's ways to donate. If you want to get involved in terms of volunteering, you can do that. So lots of great opportunities to become part of the community. And that's what this show is all about. Engaging with you, trying to get you some, some information, some ways to make you feel more part of the community and kind of help each other out with our random act of kindness. I want to encourage everybody out there listening to perform a random act of kindness. And don't forget about the Consumer Quarterback Show. Check us out online at ConsumerQB.com. Brandon Rhymes. Whether it's real estate, consumer, or financial advice, let Brandon call your next play. Call Brandon Rhymes at 813-917-1894. That's 813-917-1894. Online at ConsumerQB.com. And join us next time for the Consumer Quarterback Show.